baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All right, we're going to take a little break from the markets this week. And just a quick note, no big changes in the stock market levels we've been watching. And the Dow theory is still bearish. So today we're going to shift our focus to an area people are making a lot of money in. And there's an environmental component to it as well. The world of resale. I'm Andy Gersher, and this is Games. As mentioned, we are talking about the rise of resale. Let's bring on Chicago-based business writer Jennifer Waters. She covers retail and commercial real estate. Jennifer, great to have you on the Gaines podcast. Oh, thanks so much, Andy. Great to be here. All right, before we get started, full disclosure... I'm waist deep in the resale game. It's a big part of what I do outside of work. And we're going to hit on all of it today. We'll talk about the platforms, Poshmark, my favorite, but also Depop, Mercari, eBay. We're going to talk about the cores, and we'll get into that, and how people are turning the clothing in their closet into cash. So, Jennifer, let's start right there. Talk about the rise of resale. Well, you know, they'll say that there's most of it has to do with the fact that really it, it's really being driven by a younger generation, you know, Gen Y, um, even Gen Z, you know, even some of the millennials as well, too. And it's really being driven by them and there's their hopes of more sustainable types of products going, using products like that, buying things that are helping the earth and, and such. And so that's that's kind of where this start. I mean, these, these resale businesses go back hundreds of years. I mean, this is like, you know, vintage clothing stores and Goodwill and, and those kinds of things. Now they just kind of dress them up a little bit. They have obviously a much broader array of, of things. And when they're doing it online, it's not, you know, it's not you're walking into a store and, and looking at things, you're buying it online. And so I think, you know, that has really this this whole movement towards sustainability and a younger generation combined with the fact, too, right now, Andy, that we've got inflation going on in a big way. And so we've seen higher prices on everything and clothing is among them. So if you can get a gently used secondhand shirt of a designer you like or even just you know a, a maker you like a zara or something and you can get that for a half of the price that you'd get at the store and you still you still have what you want and you're just not paying out for it yeah it's like the the consignment shops the goodwill the resale shops of the past 
you only had so many customers that would come in. Well, now with right. these platforms, your your marketplace, you you're basically selling to the world, or at least you know the United States on Poshmark. But some of these, even uh, some of these other platforms, it is international. So it, mm-hmm. it's interesting how it's made that jump, and, and and the platforms are a lot easier to use now. That plays into it. You mentioned sustainability. Also, just finding particular fashions that you like that, you know, maybe your favorite shirt or sweatshirt, your favorite Mm -hmm. sweatshirt that you've had for years, you got a stain on it. Well, you can go to one of these platforms, even though Mm -hmm. that particular sweatshirt hasn't been sold in a store for three, four years, it's a good chance somebody else out there has it and may have it up for sale. So there's a lot of different things that are driving this. You talk about uh, also younger folks who kind of started this off. I think a a big part of this are the cores. And I want you to explain yeah. that real quick. I mean, we go from, you know, <laughs> uh, dark academia, light academia, granny core, gorp core, Barbie core, Barbie core, one of my favorites, um, <laughs> cottage core. And, you know, we're throwing out these cores. Explain what that is real quick. It, it's These are aesthetics. For instance, I'll just and then I'll let you take off with it. What is cottage core? Cottage core is an aesthetic that celebrates that simple living, that English countryside feel, and and the clothes that someone would wear. That's just an example of cottage core. You mentioned Barbie core. Go ahead, take off from there, uh, Jennifer. And Barbie Barbie core and the aesthetic can go from you say like a a lifestyle aesthetic to like a Barbie core is really a pink aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really all about Barbie dressing in pink and all, you know, and what you can get. So that's, you know, they they go, they, the, the broad range of core, like, you know, as I said, from just a, a lifestyle or, you know, or to, you know, a color or just a, a, a fad, something that, you know, is just a trend and those all of a sudden become a core. And then everything that you're looking for in that core just just circles around whatever that trend is or that that lifestyle is. And people are making gobs of money selling things on these. Oh, as you well, no. Yes. Uh, and, and again, these cores that you were talking about, very popular. And that's just another part of this, you know, this different aesthetics that have popped up. But now it's like academia, somebody who's going to college, you know, that involves looking smart like a college student and maybe uh, hanging out in libraries and, and lecture halls. I mean, it's some of these have a whole lifestyle around it. Uh, you know, in academia, you could go dark academia, which is, you know, more like going yeah. to college at Harvard or Princeton or one of the old school East coast schools where you may have very buttoned down, very, very prim and proper. Yeah. And then you'll have like light academia, which would be more like I'm the college student going to museums and art galleries Mm -hmm. in Europe during the spring and summertime. But I still mm-hmm. look smart. Uh, there's just so there's granny core. You know, we we always think about how this stuff uh, skews to younger. But there's all and some younger are actually doing granny core. But granny core, you have West Coast granny core. What is grant? Kind of what your granny would be wearing on the West Coast. You have Southeast granny core, which would be 
what is, you know, granny's wearing in Florida or or I North and South Carolina? Say, Florida granny core too, which yeah. is its own aesthetic. You know, what they're wearing there, what they wear in Florida versus what they're wearing in New York are two different things. And right. so you've got those different kinds. So what it really does too, Andy, is it really looks at how you can be really circles around how you can be unique and what it is you want to wear and how you could really find it anywhere online. You might, you know, when you're talking about the consignment shops, you know, your, your traffic into a consignment shop was really your neighborhood and maybe a, you know, five to 10 mile radius around, but your traffic going onto a website is, as you mentioned, could be global and you could, you know, and you can find anything you want pretty much online right now. Which has its drawbacks, but it's, you know, it's really opening up the world of retail in a different way. And I think we're going to see that with retail sales going forward, particularly as inflation, you know, inflation's ebbed a little bit, but not enough to, you know, to have people comfortable out there spending money as we've seen lately. And so I think we're going to see a lot more of this stuff pop up. Yeah, you talk about the resale market compared to just traditional retailers. Uh, I saw a statistic not too long ago. The resale market is growing at least 10 times faster than the traditional retail market. So that's that's eye-popping. Let's let's qualify that, though, because um, it it is going to grow at a lot faster just because it's much smaller, smaller, though. Yes, it is. Versus, yeah. When so you it'll at, grow in bigger percentage jumps. But, but 11 does, times you know, is, is pretty of, substantial, though. I mean, it, it is a real, great. real deal. Yeah, yeah. But the other the other part of this, too, is that the retailers, you know, national and international retailers are, you know, they're not sitting back and letting this happen. They're doing their own types of, um, you know, gently used. You see Nike doing that. Um, you see Lululemon doing that where they're like, wait, you you want to come in and um, you, you have some, you have an old t-shirt or an old sweatshirt that you don't want to wear anymore. Well, come into our store. We'll give you a credit for it and we'll take it back. And then you can go and buy new, whatever you want. So, you know, that's, that's an ingenious way of, and, and some of them actually that. have their own platforms that then they would yes. resell what they're getting from you. So they've converted you to a new item and they've mm-hmm. given you a deal or, or some money towards that item, but then taking that item that you've exchanged, a lot of them have platforms and then they move it, you know, on to somebody else. So it, 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 it mm-hmm. is a, it's a sustainable way for clothing because that's, that's the big factor that a lot of people don't think about the waste of clothing is unbelievable and it's even different now than before because a lot of the stuff is made that fast fashion which is made out of sheen and plastic it piles up pretty quickly in landfills and in a lot of cases i've even even seen documentaries where they ship all our a, a lot of our clothing waste over to overseas to countries in africa that that Mm -hmm. then have to sit on it so there's an environmental angle to this and it is addressing that you know the waste that we are seeing in fast fashion another aspect of this and i'm sure you found this jennifer vintage clothing seems to Mm -hmm. be a lot higher quality and i think that's a factor too 
uh, you can go back and get some vintage clothing uh, that's still in really good shape that is really high quality that you just don't see nowadays in a, in a lot of the uh, department stores. And I think yeah, that's a factor, well, too. Uh, a lot of it is just to uh, define what vintage is. And, you know, yeah. vintage is, uh, you know, something that is maybe from the 80s or the 90s with, um, you know, like an Adrian Bittadini or, or even, a you know, Ralph Lauren or something from the 80s or the 90s. I mean, his, his aesthetic has stayed relatively the same all this time, but you can still find some vintage stuff from there that, you know, that the quality of that vintage is high. It's not like it's going to be a Zara you know, T-shirt, it's going to be a high, much higher, pro- higher produced product. And so you're going to have some really, you you can get some really good deals in terms of what they would cost today versus um, what you're paying. But, you know, they're still, they're still going to cost you. <laughs> they're not, I mean, they're not going to be cheap. You know, it's funny. You talk about exactly. vintage, uh, you know, a lot of stuff, it, you, you know, talking late eighties, nineties, but the thing that kind of concerns me, Jennifer, is, <laughs> Uh, I hear a lot of young people say Y2K is vintage. <laughs> really? <laughs> but it is, it is. And it's, it's, Y2K is a core, and it's very popular right now. And it's funny when you hear somebody in their 20s say, yeah, I just p- picked up a, a, a vintage item. I'm like, oh, really cool. Yeah, it's Y2K. It's totally vintage. <laughs> Thoughts? I know. And that and that was part of why I would say define vintage. I mean, vintage is, is 20 years. Is vintage, is that vintage? Or is it vintage, you know, 30 or 40 years or 50 years, you know? So that's the, that's the funny thing, you know, sometimes, you know, it's, it's the difference between antique and vintage. What's antique? How how, how long is an item aged to be an antique? How long is an item aged to be a vintage? A lot of people are making a lot of money at this, and they're doing it through these various platforms. My favorite platform to uh, sell on is Poshmark, but I also play out around with Mercari and Depop, and we can talk about some of the different platforms. Let's start with Posh, because that's one of the, the big ones. It's my favorite, and... Uh, I got to tell you, the ones that's been around the longest too. Yes, yes, it has, it has, and um, a great selection of items. And the one thing that I like about Poshmark, it's one of those platforms that really works well with the seller. They kind of got your back, and I do like that. They take a little bit more; they take twenty percent. Some of the other platforms aren't that high as far as you know taking a, a cut from the seller. But they they have your back, and if you're somebody who does a lot of you're a seller who does a lot of business with them, if somebody comes with to you and says, "Hey, you know this, you know," and it's it's kind of a shaky claim, they'll always or almost always back the seller. So I like that posh, and it's really interesting how Poshmark has changed because on during the the heart of the pandemic, luxury, luxury, luxury. Was oh, yeah. just, and, and I'm talking high, high end luxury. You know, everybody had money, no place to go, uh, wanted to treat themselves, and we uh, luxury and high end brands were just flying off the shelves, and that on was just fire. yeah on fire. And and again, you know, if somebody w- wanted to get rid of an item, you know, they could capture some of that. Uh, you know, that investment back and move it on to somebody else and then they can use it. And the nice thing is a lot of these really good items, if you have it and you use it for a while, 
then you too can then turn it and put it turn back. It around. Yeah, turn it around as yeah. well. Now, we've seen a shift, especially on Poshmark. I've seen a shift a- away from luxury into more affordable items over the last year. So uh, mm-hmm. it's it's interesting how during the pandemic and up until maybe about a year ago, it was all, I mean, luxury was just flying off the shelves and you were getting a lot of really good prices. I think the this change into, you know, solid mall brands, you know, being attractive, not nearly as well, expensive. That, I think that's that's an indication of where the economy is. But yeah, go ahead, weigh in on that. But well, I was going to say let's let's remember the circumstances too. I mean, one people had money, they were at home, they had time, and then retail stores were closed. So, you know, all of those factors helped fuel that that kind of fire that that we saw with all of that. And you know, and you and when you've got some money to spend and you've always wanted a Gucci belt and you can find it on a Poshmark for for you know, relatively cheap, yeah, you'd pick that up. You'd go pick that up and you know, maybe you're not going to wear it in 2020 or even 2021, but well, you can wear it now. And so I think I think that was what fueled a lot of that. But I think what will keep this this business alive is this whole sustainability concept, and then the fact that as the business grows, um, and as people become more familiar and more comfortable, I'm personally not comfortable buying used clothes, but my daughter is very comfortable doing it. But you know, I I personally am not. So so it's just like it's, yeah, and, and I agree with different you. Generation. Yeah, it, it is generational. And then the other thing for me is if it's the right item, I would. And I'm talking maybe shoes, outerwear. Yeah, so it kind of varies. Now, some people, you know, will wear or buy anything, uh, you know, any type of item. So you, you do see that. And then a lot of these things, too, are not just they've never been worn. There's a ton of stuff out there yeah, that's yeah. new with tags, and they source it in a variety yeah. of ways. You bought something, you got a gift, you never wore it, maybe you gained weight. That's a great, great thing for you to bring up. I, you know, I, I'm not, I, I'm not an excessive clothes wearer. You know, I love clothes like every other woman I know, but um, I have, I have clothes in my closet that still have tags on it, and I, you know you know, belittle myself for allowing that to happen. But yeah, and now maybe they don't fit me or maybe I just don't like it anymore or whatever. And yeah, if I can go back and sell that and at least not feel bad about losing money and contributing to <laughs> to the demise of the environment, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. But again, and this is the thing I keep wanting to mention about the, during the pandemic, people had time and I don't necessarily have time to go through my closet, pull out the stuff, take pictures of it, put a pricing in, you know, track down a Poshmark or whatever and try to do that. I don't necessarily have the time to do that right now, but during and the, pandemic, the other people had lots of time. Yes. And then the, the other thing I found is with Poshmark, I mean, you can unload your, your closet and sell and it's very hobby. But if you you get really aggressive, there's a whole infrastructure to this. You know, if, if mm-hmm. you're doing a lot of it and that's what I found with Poshmark and my side business outside the radio station is, you know, I have a whole infrastructure now. I mean, an inventory built up, 
So it can go from hobby where you have one or two items that you know you want to sell and maybe there's something on posh you want to buy to all the way to me where you know I have multiple sources I buy retail liquidation I buy retail pallet liquidation I have uh, um, I do you'll like this I do online arbitrage through some of the platforms that I actually trade on. If I, if it's the right item and it's going for nothing on Poshmark, I will be happy. Or Mercari or one of these other things, I'll be happy to buy that, and then in, in, wow. you know, and as soon as soon as I get it, relist it as well. So, so do you do you have a, a garage full of things, or I have a, a, an area, a, a pretty extensive area that holds a pretty massive inventory because you know I'm able to source stuff through resale shops, consignment shops, yeah. Goodwill. Like I said, even retail arbitrage in the right situation. Yeah. As this you, is not a hobby for you, Andy. <laughs> no, no, no. It's it's definitely yeah. It's it's a side business that makes that generates some pretty good money. And I'll give you I'll give you an example. But let's take a quick break first. Be sure to subscribe, follow, leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I've been told that's podcast gold. I would totally appreciate the solid there. Subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We'll be right back after the break. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Back with Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. She covers retail and commercial real estate. And as we were going into break, I had an example. So here you go. This example will kind of show you how it all works. There Mm -hmm. is a consignment shop that I do business with. And the lady who runs the consignment shop had a pair of Tory Burch boots. Real nice boots. I mean, these things would go for four or $500. Okay. Now they were a a very small size. I think they were like size five, which is really small for women, size five or six. Right, right. Now that one, that consignment shop, what's the chance of somebody actually going in there who has that foot size who wants a pair of Tory Burch boots, right? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, and so they had been in in the shop for a long time. You know, really nice. These would be if you bought them brand new. They're black Tory Burch boots, size five, uh, and they had been in there for months. And I went and got a good price. Okay, I, I, let's just say you know I I bought them for thirty five bucks. Okay? okay, and I was able to. You know, and and they'd been sitting in that consignment shop. She's like, can can you know, I I can get rid of these. I'm like, yeah, I'll give you thirty five bucks for them. I I went ahead and posted them on Poshmark. Well, that person mm. out there, there was a lady somewhere I can't remember somewhere in the I, I want to say in California, if I re- recall correctly. And there was a a woman out there who had you know small small feet, you know that fit that size, and mm-hmm. she gave me. Uh, let's call it 120 
for those uh, Tory well, Burch boots, right? On that, baby. So then Poshmark takes twenty percent. So you know they're gonna take their their cut, which you know let's you know I'll pull out a calculator here. So I uh, sold them on on the Poshmark platform for one hundred twenty dollars. Now Poshmark takes twenty percent, so that's twenty four dollars. So one hundred twenty minus twenty four. So Poshmark's giving me ninety six back. And then I was able to, you know, source them for 35. So for that mm-hmm. transaction, it was 60. I made six, you know, basically $61, 60 bucks, we'll mm-hmm. call it. So they, they. Let me ask you this. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say they sit in a consignment sh- store for months. The The consignment store owner couldn't get rid of them. I said, hey, you know, I'll get, I, I'll take them off your hand, hands right now. Posted, um, posted those exact boots on Poshmark. And so somebody got, so the person in the consignment store got rid of their stock and, and were, was able to unload it. I was able to sell it. The person I sold them to was able to get a great deal, still paid $120 for something that would normally cost her four or $500 to go buy. And Poshmark right. gets and their taste. Everybody wins good. here. Everybody does win. Were they in good shape? They were. They were in pretty decent shape. They were prop not new, but pretty darn close. I would say gently used, a great pre-loved condition, and so everybody wins. The consignment store. She was glad to get rid of the boots. I was able to make my cut. Posh was going to get their cut. The end. Uh, the the lady who bought them. She's got. A, a great pair of boots and you know what maybe she'll wear them for a year or two and maybe they're her favorite boots and she'll hold on to them or maybe she'll turn them around and resell them and and again a new pair of boots was not didn't have to be produced and you know you you can see how this works now you had a question and and so go ahead well well let me just let me just say this because that this talks points to what we were talking about earlier and that's that you know the traffic. The traffic in a in the consignment store was maybe you know a five to ten mile radius from where it was. The traffic on on your Poshmark site is, you know, the, the whole the United, United States. States. Pretty, yeah, pretty much the United States. I mean, there's Poshmark in Canada yeah. and some other places, which is for yes, it's the whole country that has the app. So let me ask you this, because you're more, you know, you're into the actual, you know, buying and selling on there than I am. 20% seems like a big chunk of change Poshmark asks, asks you for. Yes. Is that normal? Uh, it's, it's one of the more expensive ones, but I actually don't mind paying a little bit more because Poshmark is really, really good about standing by their, by their sellers and mm-hmm. I've had very, very. If somebody has a problem, I'll, I'll, I'll refund them, take it back, and you know, within reason. But that's the one thing. Uh, you know, we don't have to worry about chasing people down. That's the problem with eBay. There can be problems with payments. That happens. You know, with Poshmark, you sell it, and there's money in in an account set aside, and you get it out to them, and as soon as they receive it. Uh, the item, you know, it's in your account. So I, I it's 20% a, a little, it, it seems pricey, but it's their platform. They're getting mm-hmm. those Tory Bur- Birch boots 
and all those different people's, you know, on their right. phones. So this, I think yeah. it's very fair. I, it, it, it is expensive. You know, I think some other platforms are more like, you know, eBay is going to be cheaper. Depop's a little cheaper. But again, right, yeah. getting your payment and that kind of thing. I found that, and, and I do a bulk of my transactions on Poshmark as a reseller. And I found that Poshmark is the best as far as, um, you know, being a reseller and, and having that company behind you and understanding, hey, we do thousands of transactions with this account. And somebody says that, you know, somebody has a problem. And I haven't had very many problems at all. And if it's an honest mistake, I get it. But um, it's, it's, it's a really nice thing about how they handle business. And it's worth just alleviating the hassle. Plus, the other thing with Poshmark the buyer pays for the shipping. That's oh, a, and that's that's a that big factor too. too. And Poshmark yeah. has a deal with the post office, so it's the the, the shipping rates of flat eight dollars. And they're really oh. really good. So I found you know yes Poshmark the twenty percent's a little high higher than maybe some of their their you know mer, you know some of the other platforms, but just the way doing business with them is so easy. And I've had a, I've had virtually no hassle with returns, oh, not getting paying. payments. So you're you're paying. You're paying for that, right? Yeah. And it, and it's well worth it. It's well worth it, yeah, for sure. You know, my example with the Tory Burch boots is just that's kind of how it works, and you can kind of see how everybody kind of wins. Now, there's people who are opening up Posh Depop. For, mm-hmm. for a hobby, you know, they they go into their closet. That's where a lot of younger folks. And we've talked about we talked about the cores, a lot more core stuff, and and it skews a little bit younger on Depop. Each platform's a little bit different as well. eBay, I personally don't do eBay because I've heard of the nightmare stories and waiting for payment and having stuff being shipped back, and and you know when somebody ships something back, they aren't even returning. The item in the same in the five, same condition. Yeah. That's been on eBay. That's been on other platforms. Never on Poshmark. So you know that's I found that you know paying a couple extra percentage points on the transactions well worth it to have that that backing and and to have a platform do it so well. Do you actually buy stuff from Poshmark too? Yeah, that I uh, I do. That's you know when I was talking about online arbitrage. If it's the right thing, usually it's really high end. I mean, the cheaper stuff, there's just not that big of an arbitrage. But if I see an item that's listed for $100 or $150, and it's something that I know I can eventually unload for four or $500, I'll do it. I'll do it all day. Maybe somebody's had in their, their... their closet, that's what they call it on Poshmark. Maybe they've had uh, an item in their closet, it's high end, and for some reason they just haven't found a buyer. Hey, I'll be the buyer. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing is, because I'm active, my closet gets into a lot more Poshmark users than somebody who is just starting off as well. I started with some you know, retail arbitrage, where if I found like a killer deal somewhere, you know, and I'm like, wow, I can move that. Then I, I started with that. And then I built up consignment shops that I go to. I've gone to Goodwills. I've gone to, and then I started actually playing the retail liquidation game. 
also um, in that retail liquidation, buying pallets. So there are a million different ways that I source it. And then, you know, I've actually also occasionally, you know, doing the sustainability stuff. And there are some mm-hmm. items that I've bought that resale that are part of my private collection that I will then <laughs> eventually, you know, if, if uh, you know, I want to go with a different style, maybe, uh, you know, I, I actually, you know, being in the game, I have access to a lot of really nice clothing. So, yeah, you know, as I get a new piece, I might say, yeah, I probably won't wear this and I'll, you know, throw that back out there and resell it from my private collection. So, um, you know, there's a lot of different ways of sourcing it. Um, the one thing with, uh, Poshmark also, just a little hint for people who are thinking about getting into it, um, being consistent on the platform, too. I found that if if you're in this game, you got to list consistently. You got to constantly mm-hmm. grow that closet. But then the advantage of that is they put my, you know, the clothing that I sell in a lot of people's feeds. So, uh, yeah. you know, being active... Uh, it, it is a big part of it as well, posting stuff daily. I mean, there is a game to this, and, uh, you know, but it's very profitable. You know, it's a lot of work, but, you know, there's a lot of good things that go with this, the sustainability, having access to great clothing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I yeah, said. You've got some great perks with that. Yeah, there's a ton of great you know. perks. Plus, you make good money, and if you know what to look for, there's something there. And, and, and a lot of that is just doing it and being in the middle of it. I mean, that's it's one thing for my daughter and some of her friends to jump on Poshmark once in a while and, you know, and buy a vintage, you know, Gucci belt or something. It's another thing for you to be, you know, making a side business of this where you're actually getting relationships with you know, other consignment stores or being able to buy these, these plats and having relationships there and even creating relationships with the customers. I'm sure you're, you're at a point of two. Oh, absolutely. In fact, um, on, on the Poshmark app, and I know we keep talking about Posh, but that's what I know the most about. And I do a ton of business on there. Once the buyer receives the item, they, you know, they can give, there's a five-star rating or they can write a love note. And, um, you know, my whole thing is getting those five-star ratings. I always, for the most part, on a lot of my posts, I undersell and over-deliver. You know what I'm saying? That's another part. I A big part of this is I want, from my standpoint, I want that person to be really happy with what they bought. So yeah. uh, I'm very selective. I know some resellers, they'll buy anything, or I am very selective. I make sure my stuff, even if it is been previously used in near mint condition, or as I would say, great pre-love condition. So that's another part of it too. Some people try to like, you know, push stuff by and they don't, if there's any kind of flaw on there, I'm taking a big picture of that and putting it in the post. And I just think doing right by your customers, because yes, I do have repeat um, buyers who will mm-hmm. come to my closet just because they know that whatever they get from there is gonna not going to have stains. There's not going to be some hidden mark. And I think that full transparency from the seller side is a big help. 
because if you burn somebody, yeah. it gets out there. I and and a, a lot of times that's why I, I like just having the very very best stuff in great condition. And I and and that's why I'm very selective. A lot of people would be, oh, you know, this is a, a, a great brand. You know, I'll 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 go ahead and put it up there. Well, it's like, well, yeah, there's a little stain there. And, you know, you have to disclose yeah. that. By the way, I just want to say, so I, I just sold something on Posh. I got an alert here. Um, <laughs> and and this, this actually skews a little bit older. I just sold a soft surroundings chiffon blouse. Okay. I got that right. thing for about six, seven bucks. I sold it for 29. So... Look uh, at that. Yeah. yeah, your profit margins are fat, although yeah. I'm sure you're working your tail off. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, and, and, and uh, you know, so you make, you know, I, I, after the posh fee and, and, you know, it's like 23, I bought six, so I made 17 bucks. I, I think that a lot of items, I always try to make a minimum of 20 because it does, you mm-hmm. know, there there is an effort behind it. Um, right. So, uh but soft surroundings that skews a little bit older. Sure does. Yeah, and, and maybe and maybe then we are seeing, you know, a, an older generation start to get more comfortable mm-hmm. with it too. I mean, that's part of the thing I mentioned earlier that as we see people get more comfortable um, doing it and and more familiar with how to do it, we might, you know, we. We could, I mean, we can expect to see this explode. We already know it is exploding, and it will continue to. I've seen some numbers that talk about sales like seventy billion in the next two, three years, and right now they're, they're that's like almost double what they're at now. So you can we, this this has a long way to go. There's there's a long life ahead of this. I mean, by the way, you know that transaction I was just talking about. The person who I just sold that soft surroundings piece to. They got a good deal. That stuff's expensive in the stores, and this was it in really expensive. good conditions. You know, in yeah. really good condition. They paid twenty nine bucks, and then you know they're going to pay another eight. So what is it like thirty seven? Thirty seven bucks for a, a soft surroundings piece that's in really great condition. It was a really nice aqua blue. Um, some beading on it for thirty bucks delivered to your house, or, or thirty seven dollars yeah. delivered to your house. So you know, I was able to make my cut, and that person got a really good deal. That's a good deal. I wouldn't even normally. I I had that a little bit higher. I was just like, yeah, I'll move it. I find that you know, on the Poshmark app, sometimes just moving product helps lead to more sales. You know, the algorithms. Yeah. You know, on these sites, you get you got to play that game as well. You know, having listings. Uh, if somebody gives you an offer, working with them and closing a deal because people can make offers mm-hmm. too on on items. You know, if I saw uh, something that I wanted on the Poshmark platform, say it's fifty nine ninety nine, you know, I'm, I I think it's overpriced. Well, maybe I'll offer the person. I'll give you twenty five, and then they can counter. Oh. Or you know, so it, it's fun. It's fun, and yeah. you know, it's it's a cool for a lot of people who get into this. Started off as a little bit of a hobby, and I'm like, well. You know, I'm making. And now you got a business. Yeah, I got a like a side business, that's that's part time. That and then again, I have access to all kinds of luxury goods because you you you, yeah. you know as you're buying all this stuff, you find stuff for yourself as well. So it's it's a really really fun thing to be in, and like you can either just start as a hobby, and then and then as you are in this, you know what sells. You get your own data. It's 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 really a, a great thing, and and a full disclosure. I make a lot of money on the side doing this. You know, I'm in in a whole bunch of other things. You know, we've always talked about me being a, you know, on the Gaines podcast, a degenerate 
uh, gambler, a degenerate stock player, uh, you know, I, I, I like risk, you know, I'm crypto and NFTs. And this is just another side business. And, and, and it's amazing because what I have found is for the most part of every dollar that I'm able to put in, it averages out where $4 come back on the other end. So, I'd be afraid that I'd want to keep everything. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, and, and that's the nice thing is you can keep stuff. And then, you know, after a while, yeah, hey, you just got something else that you like even better, and then you can unload that. So it's there's a lot yeah. to it. I mean, you know, we, we've covered a lot of ground today, and I feel like I've talked a lot about my business. What is your takeaway, Jennifer, from all of this? I mean, this has been an interesting conversation. What's your takeaway from our, our conversation today on the Gaines podcast? Well, just par- partially what we talked about, and that is that this is, this is you know, there's a long life ahead of this. This is not... This isn't going to slow down. I mean, we haven't even talked about baby clothes, and that's its own, you know, its own core, I guess, too. But you know that this this has a lot, a lot of years on it, and and because we have so many major retailers getting into it as well, we're going to see this whole secondhand, gently used, or as you say, lovingly used or used with love. We're going to see this just explode into, uh, you know, in the next 10 years, it's just going to be another way we buy clothes. As I said earlier, I'm not comfortable buying used clothes, but who knows how I might feel, you know, five years from now or 10 years from now when everyone else is doing it. I'll probably jump on the bandwagon. And I'm going to tell you, Jennifer, you're not going to be alone on that bandwagon. All right. Big thanks to Jennifer Waters, Chicago-based business writer. She covers retail and commercial real estate. And hey, be sure to subscribe, follow, and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. And as always, subscribe and turn on those notifications so you know when a new Gains episode drops. We drop Gains episodes on Wednesday, and I look forward to seeing you then. A News Radio WBBM podcast, powered by Odyssey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.